Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, hey, welcome back to part two of Deconstructing Fantasies. Isn't that everybody's fantasy to have a harp in the background all the time? Hey. Deja vu. (laughs) Saying the same thing. Same same thing. I'm, yeah, I'm very, uh, what's the word? Very original. What does the harp do for you? What's the the longing of your heart that it satisfies? Oh, that's a good point. Peace, comfort. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe offline we could talk about this later. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we can deconstruct this together. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. If you've got insights, send send Brad an email. Why I enjoy the harp so much. (laughs) (laughs) Purevictorypodcast.com. Get his email and he needs some help. Yeah, send me some ideas. Last week, we talked about unfulfilled desires, which is for sure the most common one that people struggle with. So if you didn't listen to that one, to part one, definitely go back. But this week, we're going to talk about the next three sources of fantasy. So there's an over or under nurtured uh, event in your life or experience, your childhood, and then there's sexual abuse that leads to fantasy and then early sexual experiences. And so we're going to dive into these three and then give some solutions too for what it might mean because this is the power of um, deconstructing and identifying why you think about the things you think about mm-hmm. because the course of action to healing might depend on where your fantasy comes from. That's right. So let's starting off on that first one, uh, an over or under nurtured childhood. Um, I think in a lot of ways, like we've said this before, in our childhood, uh, our parents um, did a good job in some ways, and in other ways, not so much. And that isn't an indictment on our parents, okay? We just want to be very clear. Um, Some of you had great parents, some not so great parents, but um, we all got some good um, to a 
to degree. And sometimes we receive some things that weren't so good, some hurt and some pain that occurred in that, those times in our life. And sometimes because of neglect, we weren't really seen or known uh, or the, how we felt growing up. And maybe we, we just didn't get the discipline we needed. We desired that, but uh, there wasn't that care um, given to us. And maybe the other end of the extreme where we were, um, we feel like we were kind of clamped down on. Um, our parents were very much uh, involved in our lives to the point where we didn't feel like we could breathe. Um, I mean, these days we call those helicopter parents to a degree or bulldozer parents, whatever. Um, but um, you're just not uh, able to really have a voice. Um, you're, you're spoken for. And, um, and so that can occur for us in our childhood. And sometimes we don't recognize that right away. And that does play out sometimes in our fantasy. Um, we desire something out of that. And uh, it can be very destructive if we don't recognize it. And it can play into the kind of porn we're interested in, the kind of fantasy we're interested in as well. Absolutely. And so the more the more common one is to be under-nurtured because it leaves a lack in your heart. We're like, okay, I want to be nurtured I wanna, or I want to have this emotional connection with my mom or my dad or with somebody. And it doesn't happen. And so because we're made to have that be filled, it's like, okay, now I'm going to search for this subconsciously. It's not a conscious thing, but we search for this to be filled in some other way. And, oh, I mean, there's been there's been many, many stories of guys in Pure Freedom Journey where their, their, uh, their moms weren't nurturing in the way that they wanted. Yeah. And so, and maybe their mom was loving in one way, but they received love in a different way as a kid. And so they didn't feel that love from their mom. And so then they... They either like really felt connected to a piano teacher or felt connected to a teacher or a school teacher or it could be a sports coach or somebody. And so it, it and, and a female typically. Uh, and so at least with typically the guys in Pure Freedom, it's been mostly females. And so then their porn, though, that they watch or that they search out has been like a female in a position of like an older female in mm-hmm. a position of authority mm-hmm. who is more dominant towards the younger male. Um, because all of a sudden it's like this, this nurturing was filled as a child, this desire for nurturing by a female who was older in a position of authority. And so you search that out. And a lot of times, even I'm just remembering now, I'm like, as you were talking about, and I'm like, man, this is, there was an event for me around the same time where I watched, uh, where I first was exposed to porn. There was a, a, a lady who worked at our, at a church that we went to for just a little bit. And I, not like typically somebody who would I w- who I would find attractive. I mean, she's like thirty years older than me too. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, I had all these all these thoughts. I remember I was like twelve, I think, mm-hmm. and and I had all these thoughts about these sexual things about her, and I didn't. I was confused as a kid. But understanding now, even what you said last episode about um, Drew Boa, yeah. where you're first exposed to porn, and then you have these people that come. It was like the first lady who. Uh, was older that had this like she paid more attention to me yeah and I was I'm close with my parents so it, I don't think there was a lack of nurturing there but but she still paid attention to me and she talked mm-hmm. to me and stuff so it's just you feel this connection but then you've also had your brain now wired in a way that you're you think about porn all the time and so your sexual development gets stunted because you're being nurtured by this this person and this desire for nurturing or emotional connections being filled at the same time as you're first being exposed to porn and so you connect the two, and it leads mm. to this fantasy. Um, on the other hand, there can be an over-nurturing where maybe you feel super, super connected. Like maybe a girl feels super connected to her dad or to an uncle, or it could be like a, a even like a 
uncle feels super connected to a niece mm-hmm. and so then he starts searching out child porn yeah or the girl who's overly connected to her like uh, like not healthy like too health like too connected yeah to an uncle maybe like she always searches out older men it could be that kind of thing and so for you if you're listening out there just think does does this make sense to you maybe it doesn't make sense to you and that's totally fine too because not everyone will but when you can identify like this lack of nurturing or maybe an over nurturing that you experienced and that's led to fantasies well then you can start to work on that in your heart maybe you talk to a professional or get coaching or therapy or whatever and you can start to go okay there's this need that was met in an unhealthy way how can i now bring healing and get health in my heart mm-hmm. yeah the identification of some of these areas is really important and um you know, like I, I think sometimes it, it doesn't have to be this massive thing. Sometimes these can be subtle in our life too. Yeah. Um, and they, they get overblown into fantasy because fantasy is always an extreme. Like you go to extreme levels. Um, some, so sometimes there's subtle layers or nuance to this as a kid. Like maybe, like I said, you might have had great parents and there, there was nurturing happening there, but um, there was one aspect um, of brokenness that was there. Or you've maybe you your parents maybe neglect wasn't the word you would use, but maybe like you had a loving home for the most part, all your needs were met, but maybe you weren't seen. Maybe you in your birth order, your family of origin, you were one of the youngest or a middle child. And so you weren't seen. And so you're fighting for, to be seen all the time. And, um, and for you, that might play out in your fantasy world as well. So identifying some of those things that your family of origin is really important. Like this family of origin stuff, it goes deep. These layers, these roots go very deep and they not only play out in just our everyday behavior and how we eventually, we, sometimes we act in marriage, but they can definitely play out into our fantasy world as well, because we might feel there's a lack there or, um, a need there that is unmet. Um, we talked about unfilled desires, but sometimes there's something in our formative years that just wasn't hit the right way in a good way. Like we, we needed something or something didn't happen, um, whatever. And so it plays out in our adult life, um, in our fantasy world and even in growing up. Um, and it can, fantasy is interesting because sometimes, like I know for myself, um, I love my parents, but there, there was areas of neglect that I, I perceived anyway as a kid. Um, my parents would probably be surprised to hear that because uh, they wouldn't know. Yeah. Like they weren't actively saying, I'm going to neg- neglect you. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. It's just the way I perceived it as a child. Um, and, and often um, some of my fantasies, even to this day where I struggle, there isn't something sexual about it. And what it is, is like um, I'm achieving something or right. I'm praised for something or I do something really good or, you know, I, I, I succeed in a really high level at something. Um, and so there's that aspect of fantasy that, to be honest, in some ways can be can become destructive in our lives when that's what we go to if we're feeling bad. But then the sexual component can come in there. Um, as well that works in that too where you're you're trying to get the same thing in, in sexual fantasies as well too so you know it doesn't always have to be sexual fantasy in some of these areas you there might be an indicator for you in another fantasy area of your life that you have too that you should explore and invite god into because sometimes there is links there and to have some understanding of what the need is deep down um and that that really that was occurring so think about that too because i know for me i had that was actually helpful to learn that there are some areas in my fantasy life that weren't sexual but they're they're linked to the perceived neglect in my life and um and that did play out in, in fantasy sexually as well too but i didn't make that link so that's really a key thing to to kind of think through as well yeah that's right yeah there's a guy in pure freedom who he grew up in the foster system and so he never had a stable childhood and he um 
he started getting really like in really good shape in his 30s and so he was like man man he's like i'm getting so much attention from girls he's a single, single guy <laughs> yeah. i'm getting so much attention and so a lot of his identity then became health like physical health yeah and fitness mm-hmm. but then that led to random hookups and he started hooking up with these people mm-hmm. and so and he loved it because he's like oh I'm getting attention now. And he had never got attention before. And so if you can identify that and then go, okay, instead of acting out and being a victim and like, okay, my situation was what it was growing up, you can identify, okay, I actually have this emotional need that I've been getting filled my whole life in this. Why am I, why am I working out? Like, is it for health or is it for attention? Mm -hmm. Why am I pursuing these promiscuous hookups? Is it just for attention? Probably. And so how can I then heal from that? Maybe forgive people in my past, maybe view myself differently, maybe get my identity right with God. A lot of it, I think, starts with forgiving people who didn't care for us in the way that we needed to. And it could be great parents, but but that's a that's a big part of it. When there's a when there's a nurturing element to it, we gotta forgive those people who played a role in that. Mm. That's absolutely hundred percent. We have to forgive. And, um, and sometimes, you know, it, it's important to walk through this with somebody uh, if we need, um, it's a professional or, um, yeah, definitely check out the, um, the cleansing hours as well. This can be an area where you get some of these things off your chest where you can walk through some of the forgiveness stuff. Um, cause sometimes this, this can only occur, um, maybe the person that, you know, a parent or whatever has passed away or a grandparent or whatever. So sometimes we have to do this kind of work on our own. And sometimes we have face to face interactions, but the key thing is, is we, we do the work, um, of forgiveness and the act of our will. It's not a feeling. This is an act of our will that we have to do. And it releases us from the prison of bitterness and, and the poison of of, um, of all that unrest that can happen when we don't forgive people. So it's important that we go back to that point and, and choose to forgive. Yeah, that's right. You're talking about a cleansing hour. If you're curious, you can go to the show notes in the podcast. There's a link to a cleansing hour. Basically, you'll just meet with me or somebody else maybe uh, on Zoom, and we can just chat and get things off your chest and Pretty much everybody on a cleansing hour says, I've never told anybody this, but then they share. And so we just want to lead you to get things off your chest that maybe you've never mm-hmm. identified or never shared. And we can pray with you. And it's a pretty powerful time. Lots of times there's tears and freedom and it's, it's awesome. So mm-hmm. the third place of fantasy that fantasies come from is sexual abuse. And I'll never forget this one guy who who told me he had he had been abused and hadn't really never talked about it um, with a lot of people, I think maybe one or two people. And he was pinned down to the floor by his brother when his brother would abuse him as a kid. And yeah. typically abuse will cause one of two reactions. You'll you'll mimic the abuse or you'll go the total opposite way. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so this guy, he went the total opposite way because he's like, this was a same sex this is a scenario. My brother ad- abused me. I want to do every single thing that I can to prove to myself and everybody else that I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. And so he started hooking up with all these women yeah. to prove that. Now, some people, they have this experience and they're like, wow, why did my body enjoy it? My yeah. body enjoyed it. I must be gay. And so then they go down that path. Um, and so the fantasies can come from the abuse. But then this particular man, I said to him, what are your fantasies? And he started crying because he'd never told anybody and he was so ashamed of his fantasies. Mm-hmm. And he thought he would never tell anyone. And he said, for 25 years, I always thought, what's wrong with me? But when he shared, he said, my fantasies are all aggressive, like BDSM with handcuffs and pinning pinning women down to the bed. Mm-hmm. This is what he's saying. And I said, but isn't that exactly what happened to you? Like you were aggressively pinned down. And so when you're abused, your your brain, this gets into brain science a little bit, but your brain development literally is stunted. 
and you go back to the age you were a lot of times emotionally or you go back to that memory and you just keep repeating the memory until you deal with the trauma. And our brain, oh man, maybe I'll get into this a little, just briefly, but our brain develops from the back to the front. So in the back, there's there's like the fight or the flight or, or the, the limbic or area of our brain, yeah. And the limbic yeah. limbic is more in the in the, oh, center, the center. You're right. Center. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And so the the fight or flight happens when our brain is first developing in the back. And so memories that are traumatic they get stored there. Mm. So then the brain develops to the middle where the limbic system is. Yeah. And you have to release the emotions because the limbic system is so full of emotions, good and bad. And so when you can feel the emotions of the trauma, then the limbic system is then activated. Then the brain continues to develop to the front. And the prefrontal cortex is like uh, like logic and problem solving and reasoning and, and, yeah. reasoning mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So when there's trauma that's happened in the in our past, our brain development, like our limbic system pre- and prefrontal cortex... Literally, like MRI scans showed, they, it doesn't develop properly because our memories and our trauma get stuck in the back of our brain. And so we need to release that by feeling the emotions and processing exactly mm-hmm. what we experienced and being willing to talk about it. And that will release the limbic system to then operate in a more healthy way. And then it gets to the point where then the prefrontal cortex is activated with these memories. And you can think about them more with reason and logic. And like, yeah, yeah. this happened to me without always getting instantly triggered into sure. like fight or flight or whatever. Yeah. So this is why it's so important to deal with our the abuse. If you were sexually abused, a lot of times, the it could even be this. It could even be your body was, was violated. And so you want to bring comfort to your body. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. masturbate when your body is is um, like stressed in some way because you want to bring comfort to your body. Because when your body was being violated, it was so uncomfortable. But then the release was like the sexual release happened. And so that ended the encounter. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people need to bring comfort to their body through a sexual release because of yeah. what happened when they were abused. Yeah. And that set in motion the way that they, that they, that they deal with stress. So... Identify that. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it was a sexual abuse scenario. Maybe you were just kind of violated in some way um, sexually, and and that's led to some fantasies. And we would say to you, we're so sorry that that happened to you. Um, And it's really important, though, that we make the intention of getting help and the choice to do that. And I know how painful that can be because you're trying, you sometimes relive some of these things. But the reason why we say that is because this will play out in life often. I mean, you see in your fantasies, whatever else, but it plays out in your interpersonal relationships and a lot of other areas too. And, and often um, we have to keep increasing the behavior. Our dopamine hit needs to get more and more advanced because, I mean, the more traumatic event that happens to you, the more that you need to act out to cover that pain. So you got to advance your behavior more and more. So this, this isn't something that gets better. Um, without, without help, um, you need the help because if it festers and sits there, your behavior becomes more advanced to try to, to feel good. You have to feel good. So you, you advance your behavior more and more to, to stop whatever you're feeling internally or to not think about it. So, um, that's why it's progressive. It really is. And we're talking about the brain. So that's why, um, this is, this is really important. So we encourage you out there, um, get the professional help you need if sexual abuse is part of your story. Um, um, get that help. We have links um, all the time and to Restored Ministries at least start there. And, um, you know, and uh, this is something that we encourage you in. Identify it. And uh, that's really the key. That's the start. Just identify that this did happen and admit that this did happen. And it's really hard sometimes because so often with abuse, you want to suppress it and not think about it. Mm-hmm. 
and starting to talk about it, it's kind of like now you got to look at it face to face and it's super painful. But yeah, having a counselor or a coach is, is powerful. It's become one of my favorite things to work with, work through with people because it comes up a lot with mm-hmm. the people that get involved in our, in, in our ministry. And, and yeah, it's just like when the light comes and the freedom comes when someone's been abused. Yep. Oh man, it's, it's, it's the best. I mm-hmm. just, I love it. So if you do need help, reach out. I remember there was another man who, uh, he was also abused by his brother, which is a pretty common thing. And he ended up like, like despising, um, I don't even want to say it, but like he despised homosexual people. Yeah. And I just don't want to put that thought out there, but like he really did. Cause he's like, that's what my brother did. Uh, his brother actually ended up being gay, like living full gay lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so he despised it. So he had all these female partners again, like the other guy to prove that he wasn't gay, proved to himself. But then there's a lot of people that they were abused by, uncles and dads and and brothers and whatever and then they end up having same-sex attraction their entire life and mm-hmm. and all these the in, encounters a few weeks ago we had patrick on here sharing his story and he was abused by different people when he was a kid and ended up really struggling as an adult with same-sex behavior and even though he was married right and so these fantasies point to like where did this come from why am i doing this okay well maybe it came from the abuse Okay, now I can identify that. Now I got to get help mm. with this abuse. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll be like like Jacob in the Bible wrestled with an, with an angel and then he had to limp the rest of his life. Maybe we'll have right. a limp the right. rest of our life. Mm-hmm. But if it's not a stronghold and we can at least walk with it and the limp will point us to God and point us to understand our weakness that points us to Jesus and that need, maybe that can be turned for good. But until we deal with it, it's just going to... It's just going to hinder us. Uh, that's a great visual. Um, and I think that we're all, we all have points of woundedness in our life that God has shone forth in. And whatever the level that is, um, let's invite God into that. And we know that he can do the work that's many, you know, that we, we often think that isn't possible, but he can do that in our life. And he wants to just shine that light into those areas and, and bring healing to you. Um, then the next one there is our early sexual experiences. Um, and this is such a powerful one because the, the, the times that we experience something for the first, often that just gets imprinted on our brain mm-hmm. in such a powerful way. The visual of it, the feeling of it, sometimes it's so profound. We remember the smells, what we heard. You can remember very vivid things about those moments because those first few sexual experiences can be very, very powerful. Um, and, and they can become something that either, depending on what it is, you try to recreate every time in your life, or you run away from, depending on what it was. And you never want to do something like that ever again. So your fantasy reflects that, which is funny to talk about, but it's true. So, you know, what, what are those first experiences and being able to identify them and, and understand why you were feeling what you're feeling in regards to those moments. And, um, maybe you're trying to, you know, recreate things. I mean, there's that story you were sharing, Matt, here of, you know, that, that, you know, that woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she had a lot of same-sex encounters uh, just with strangers, like random, like she'd meet different people and all of a sudden they just hook up in a hotel or wherever and, and then they wouldn't know each other's names or numbers or anything. Mm-hmm. And then they leave and that happened a lot. And so that was just the city that she was in and the encounters that she had. And then she got married and she really couldn't enjoy sex with her husband mm-hmm. because 
she said she's like these memories are always on my mind like i keep thinking about these same sex like fun spontaneous encounters where like the adrenaline was going it was a rush now i'm married it's like same person over and over in the same room Mm -hmm. and we can try to be adventurous but it's not quite the same and so these early sexual experiences like you're saying Mm -hmm. got imprinted on her mind and she just can't let go and so sometimes there's uh we should do an episode on this actually let's now that i'm saying it we should do it soon but but on soul ties we should Mm -hmm. do an episode on soul ties good point because sometimes there are soul ties where our soul is connected to someone and there's biblical precedence to that so Mm -hmm. stay tuned in the future (laughs) weeks coming your way (laughs) we'll do that yeah do a podcast app near you um but uh yeah, and so it's sometimes there are soul ties where, where we have to pray through that and, and renounce an agreement that we've had with someone that we used to be mm-hmm. uh, engaged with sexually. And sometimes it's just like, like Brad and you were saying earlier, uh, I don't know if this, this week or last week, but but about Jesus coming into your memories and, and wiping your memories clean or changing the way that you see memories. Mm-hmm. And, and when you can do that, it's like these memories that plague you, all mm-hmm. of a sudden Jesus can set you free from that. Yeah. Maybe you'll still remember what happened. Maybe you won't. I had a guy one time, he's like, I, he prayed through memories. He's like, I literally don't know what happened. And I, he had told me about this, the abuse that he suffered. Mm-hmm. But then he prayed through. He's like, I actually don't remember it. Right. And so it was cool. Like Jesus wiped his memory clean. Wow. But wow. he had to first identify it. And so, um, so anyways, yeah, early sexual experiences can sometimes create this, this, these desires where we're like, we always want to go back to that. Yeah. And so it limits the satisfaction that we can have in our, in our marital sex. That's right. And you know, it, this could be in our formative years, like in our teen years or early twenties or whatever it is, but it can also be earlier than that too. And um, I'll give you an example from my own life. Now, I didn't put this in the sexual abuse category because um, in the situation, it, it just didn't, it doesn't come off that way for me. Um, but, um, uh, and I might've shared this in other podcasts, but um, when I was really little, I think I was four, um, I, I stayed over at um, family friend's house and they had a, a daughter that was maybe a year older than me. And for whatever reason, she wanted to get naked and kiss. Um, and she didn't know what she was doing, had no clue. Um, there wasn't anything forceful about it. It was more the innocence of childhood in that moment. And she didn't hold me down or anything like that. But that happened. And in my innocence, I blurted it out to my mom that this happened. And she was absolutely horrified. And um, they had to figure out how to deal with that. But they didn't know what to do with that. But that was an early sexual experience for me. And moving out of that, well, how did that inform my fantasy? Well, I've, I've shared this too, is sometimes um, um, not not an older woman in the sense of some of the ones we've shared earlier, but someone a little bit older where they, they don't have necessarily authority over me, but I'm more in a compromising position in the sense of whatever it might be, right? Um, and so that played out in my fantasy. And uh, I had to recognize where is that from? What came back from there? And so inviting God into those moments and then seeing the, what, the need that was kind of, um, well, maybe it wasn't necessarily a need because I didn't know I needed anything when I was a kid at that point, but it was something that was awakened, I guess would be a better word, awakened at that point that tied back to that memory, right? So that happened to me and I'm trying to re- recreate that because it was exciting. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have, I didn't hit puberty or anything like that. I didn't know what was going on, but something happened to me that awakens something and that awakening, that, that excitement in that moment, you're trying to recreate. 
and then that, because that was what it was linked to, then you go back there and then, and that's where it's, where it's from. So I had to identify that. And, um, so for all of us, there's nuance to this. It can look a little bit different, but we can try to recreate a feeling we had in that moment and, and identifying what that feeling is and, and just saying, God, this is what I was feeling. This is what I'm trying to do or recreate in this fantasy. Um, what do you have to say about that? You know, how can this need me be met by you and, and asking those questions? Yeah. I remember one time a guy was praying, I mean, we were praying together and I just had him, uh, cause he, he was always so lonely and, uh, and he had been abused. So many people that have been abused. It's so sad. If you're out there, like Brad and said, like, we're so sorry mm-hmm. that happened to you. It's just way too common. It's crazy. But, um, I, I was never abused, but I was violated and I'll, maybe we should talk about that in another episode too. Cause I just realized that, uh, what, 10 months ago when I was in my thirties, I never even knew that I was sexually violated mm. as a mm. teenager. So there's another little hint. I'm dropping all these hints for, Oh, I know the few, story. Few you shared episodes. this with me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think sure. I shared yeah. it with you. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I shared it on the podcast. Yet, no, I don't know if he did. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do yeah. it soon. It's coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Um, so anyways, there was this guy I was praying with and, and so he, he always felt lonely and, uh, and it came from his abuse and, so he was praying and he, and just to kind of give more context to what Brad's talking about, I was, or he, he just said to Jesus, like, where, cause this thing, a lot of times we pray about the memory. So Jesus, where were you in this memory? So you picture the memory of the abuse or the early sexual experience, Jesus, where were you in that room? And, uh, and then maybe say like Jesus, where, uh, and so then you close your eyes and you're just like picturing and Jesus will show up in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's like standing right by me with his arm around me. What's Jesus saying to you? So you go, Jesus, what are you saying to me? And so he's bringing healing to that moment. It's really beautiful. And so when we say it, it might seem like, uh, like if you've never done it, you're like, well, okay. But when Jesus actually speaks to you, yeah. it's, there's a power to it that we can't explain. And so anyways, this guy was praying this and then I just felt led to, to have him do this. And I don't always do this, but, but after he prayed through his memory, I said to him, pray right now, but the room that you're in picture or close your eyes and say, Jesus, where are you in this room? And he, so he did that. He just started weeping because he's like, Jesus is right with me. And I kind of forget mm. like the details of it. It was a while, like maybe a year ago, but he started weeping because he's like, Jesus is with mm. me. And so the desire that he always had was, I want someone to see me. I want to feel connection. I felt like I was just an object in my abuse. And so Jesus was right in that room with him and looking at him and loving him and giving him all of the things that he had always been looking for. Mm -hmm. And so, and in fact, he said that. I remember now that I said that, he said, he's like, I've been looking my whole life for this. And Jesus just came and he showed Mm -hmm. me he's with me. It was really cool. It was a powerful time. So anyways, that's just some context to give around like a practical idea like how you can pray about these these memories and these experiences that you had because when these early sexual experiences mark you if you can get healing from those experiences a lot of times the craving for those things kind of dissipates and and it can go away and hopefully then healthy desires can come in yeah and not only that too like you can learn a little bit more about yourself too um like you'll understand why you're feeling something in a moment like maybe it, it, it kind of triggered something in you um, throughout your day. Something happens, but you're aware. You know, okay, well, that is actually hitting me here. Um, so it's, this is a great self-awareness thing too to become more um, understanding of, 
you know, how these things have affected us. And that's really key. Uh, Self-awareness is a really good antidote to fantasy because um, it just shows us what we're feeling and what we're going and why we're wanting to fantasize about those things. I mean, it's a great antidote to to those things. And with God's help, this is God-given self-awareness. Um, if we try to do this on our own, sometimes we can miss the mark a bit. <laughs> we need God in this. I just want to be very clear with yeah. that. And others help too. Um, so that's really important. But um, when we do that, when we practice that, um, and anything in life, sometimes we're going to face stuff even tomorrow or the next day that can cause some sort of um, hurt or pain or whatever else that fantasy can become embroiled in as well um, that we, we can can move towards if we're not careful. So um, it's, it's really, it's really important to be aware and, and to practice self-awareness, um, with God's help. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I think I do need help or I don't know, I can't really identify things or things have been, have come to mind that you think, man, I need to talk to someone. I would love to have a call with you. I'd love to to help you work through this process. And so you can go to restoredministries.ca and just book a call. There's a big blue button there, book a free call. And I would love to chat with you and see if we can find you the right path to, to healing, whether it's one-on-one or group support or going through resources on your own, which I think that's good, but you need people. And so one-on-one or, or group support would be great, but we can just, sh- we can just chat a little bit and, uh, and see what the path to healing might look like for you. And, uh, and so I hope that that could be an option if you're not sure about that, or if you just want to get something off your chest and just do a one-time thing, book a cleansing hour for sure. There's a link in the show notes, like I say. And so you can do that and uh, hope that this helps. Make sure you pray about this stuff. Have the Lord reveal things. He is, he has got you in his hand. He keeps you safe when he reveals things and, um, he just cares so much about your healing. So God bless you in your healing journey. And, uh, I just want to encourage you, keep on going. And there's always more that God wants to do in our heart. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.